You're listening to the Soul Strategies Podcast with your hosts, Z Cohen Sanchez and Chris Abramson. If you're running for office or thinking about it, you're in the right place. We hope you enjoy the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. And also while we're waiting for people to jump on as well, I just wanted to wish everybody happy Labor Day and remind everybody um, to be thankful for unions today because without unions, we would not have an eight hour work day. Without unions, uh, child labor would still be okay and be practiced. Um, without unions, we wouldn't have um, we wouldn't have protections on the job, um, a lot of things like that. So unions are really important. I'm a proud Teamster, um, and I, I think that this is a really important holiday for us to all acknowledge. Also to acknowledge that um, labor unions and, and labor in general in this country is built on the backs of working class people of color, and to acknowledge that on this day um, and, and be aware of that is really important, I think. So again, happy Labor Day to everybody. And if you're tuning in, again, if you could just put who you are in the comments, where you're at, um, and why you're tuning in, uh, would be great. Also feel free to ask us questions during our lives as always. If you have a really burning question on your mind, um, we really, we want you to be able to ask that. That's a big part of why we go live in the first place. So let's get started. So today we're going to be talking about what qualifies you to run for office. This is something that we get a lot. Um, a lot of people ask us this question. They, they come to us and they say, you know what? Um, I really want to run for office, but I just don't think I'm qualified for X, Y, and Z reasons. So let's really sort of dig into that today and think about what makes you qualified, why you should decide to run, all those other things. So to start with, what makes you qualified? So when people think about this, they think, oh, I need to have a political science degree, or I need to have run for office before, or I need to be some like prominent figure in the community um, to be able to run. And I just want to start by saying none of those things are true. And that might really sort of startle a lot of you and make you really think about all the things that you've been thinking about um, and really question uh, that, that line of thinking. And I'm just here to tell you that I'm sorry for making you question it, but all of those um, all of those qualities that you originally thought you needed to run for office are not not true at all. Um, so Conrad said, "Oh, sorry, Waffles says hi. I'm Waffles. I'm tuning in to get tips on fundraising. Um, an independent news organization. That's really cool. Um, I actually have experience working in independent news. I used to work for the Young Turks." and um, went ahead and started a, um, an independent news organization with Jordan Sheridan many years ago, which is now, um, which I'm not a part of anymore for various reasons we won't get into, but is become quite a successful organization. So that's really awesome. And I'm sure a lot of you guys as well are not, um, aren't necessarily candidates and that's okay. Um, we help people fundraise for small organizations. We help people fundraise for all sorts of things. So um, you definitely don't have to be a candidate, but we do focus on candidates. So we do talk a lot about them. So um, again, so all those things that you've always thought about, um, you know, needing qualifications um, to run for office are not true. What, so what do you need to run for office? What makes you a good candidate? Now, 
beyond your qualifications, so without even looking at qualifications, what is really, really important and really vital when you're running for office is having certain qualities of character that make you a good candidate. In fact, those are a thousand times more important, more important than any type of political degree that you might have, um, any type of specific position that you think might make you qualified. Those things are all well and good, but they're very much secondary to the qualities of character that are needed to run for office. So you might ask, okay, well, what are those qualities of character and do I fit them? Right? That's, that's a really, that's a really good question. So the qualities of character that we look at um, when we're looking for candidates to work with, and we don't work with everybody, that um, every, not everybody that walks through our doors is a person that we want to work with. And the reason why is because we have gotten really good at identifying these qualities of character. And if somebody gives us hints that they are not um, up to those standards of qualities of character, they don't have those qualities of character, it's very, very hard to teach them fundraising. And it's very, very difficult to, to help them get a campaign off the ground. So some of those initial qualities of character that we look for are people that one, have a good attitude. So that might seem really broad, right? Well, what does it mean to have a good attitude? Um, so what I mean by having a good attitude is that you're focused more on the positives than you are on the negative. And this is something as well that you don't have to inherently have. It's something that can be taught. And a lot of what goes into fundraising um, that Chris and I talk about very frequently, um, especially with the people that we're working with, are you can change our mindset and the way that you um, use your mindset to gain funds and to be able to to talk to people and build relationships and work on the qualities that you need to be able to fundraise effectively. So if you don't have a positive outlook, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have a positive outlook and that you can't change that, but that's work that really needs to happen before you can start a campaign, before you can start fundraising, before you can start hiring a staff, before all of those things sort of occur. So. Again, having a really positive character, uh, quality of character is really important. One of the other things that we specifically look for in potential candidates that we're gonna work with are people that are, are focused on the things that are working versus the things that are not working initially. So what this means is that, say that you are, you know, speaking with, a hundred people in a day and 95% of them are saying no to you. And this is the reality. When most of us begin our fundraising journeys, this is what happens. So instead of focusing on that 95% of people that are saying no to you, being able to focus on that those five people that are saying yes to you and what you are doing right and what is working with those five people. So. We really like people to focus on what is working for them initially. So, and this is also something that comes into quality of character, right? So we work with a lot of candidates initially who tell us, you know, I can't fundraise because I'm talking to 95, I'm talking to a hundred people and 95 of them are saying no, and I can't, I can't fundraise like that. 
And that's just not true. And the reason why is because those five or six people that are saying yes to you are saying yes to you for a reason. And so instead of focusing again on that 95% that are saying no to you, focusing on that 5%, figuring out exactly why they're saying yes, and then expanding those people, making them monthly donors, making them reoccurring donors, talking to the people that they know, that is something that we really, really love people to focus on. And when we get a candidate in the door that can truly understand that in a way and, and understand that we're not just saying that those five people are going to fund your entire campaign. They're absolutely not. But focusing again on the things that are working with those people and expanding that network through them is something that is super, super important when, when it comes to uh, qualities of character for fundraising um, and for running a campaign. Another quality um, of character that we look for in people are we really like to find candidates that are willing to do the hard work. And so what does that mean? So we have a lot of people that come to us that say, you know, I really want to fundraise for my campaign, but I can only do it an hour a week. And we tell them, well, we can't help you then. Um, and the reason why is because this thing, like, like everything, this is a skill that takes time. This is a skill that you need to build. This is a skill that you can't just do in an hour a week. This is something that you need to go all in on. And what we mean is that not just sort of, you know, dabbling in the free education and hoping that things work out and, um, you know, putting in half an hour of call time a week here and there, wherever you can. Things like that, they just, they don't work. We need people that have a dedicated mindset that are willing to go all in and work with us and get the results. And that can, you know, we get a lot of people that are sort of touch and go, right? Like they, they don't wanna spend the money, they don't wanna invest, they don't wanna put the hours in. And those are red flags because we understand that if people are not willing to put that initial call time in, if they're not willing to put the hours in, if they're not willing to invest the money um, into the education, that's gonna get them to a point where they can raise enough funds to hire their staff, to get their campaign going off the ground, we automatically know that there's really no hope for that person. So what we are looking for, we are looking for people that are community leaders. We are looking for people that are active in their community, that really have spent a lot of time focused in on the issues. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to have run a campaign before. In fact, you really don't have to have run a campaign before, but we are looking for people that are in tune with their community, that have done some of this work, this community work, that are involved. It's really important that we have people that are involved with their community because it's very, very difficult. And we, we do data um, opposition research, data research on communities all the time. And we can do that as an assistance for people. But what we can't do is tell you every single little thing about your community that you would know if you were on the ground in your community already. So whether that means that you're a teacher, maybe you are a an active parent in the community, maybe you work with 
the homeless folks. Maybe you, um, you know, spend Sundays at the soup kitchen. Whatever you do, it is really, really important to have people that are involved. So again, that has nothing to do with your degree. You could be a high school dropout for all we care. We really don't care because again, your degree and those types of qualifications mean very, very little when it comes to running for office. What matters is that again, you are involved, that you have a positive mindset, that you're willing to put the work in. That's really, really what it, what it is about. Um, does anybody have any questions before we move on? Because I would love to get some questions from folks that are watching right now, again, while we try and get Chris on. So I see a couple people in here. Um, Tom, anybody else that would like to jump in the comments? And if you have any specific questions, again, please let us know. Um, so... Again, the qualities of character are super important. I can't express that enough because again, degrees, things like this, I mean, they, they're just not very helpful, especially when you're setting up your campaign. They don't necessarily, they don't help you with messaging. They don't help you with raising money. Um, you know, saying that you went to Harvard is all very well and good, but again, using that in a campaign setting is not going to be very effective. So what is going to be effective if you talk about your, how you've been involved in the community, what you've done, for example, if you're a parent, maybe you're a part of several different organizations within your community that your kids are involved with. That is really, that is a, a lot more powerful than telling somebody that you went to Harvard or Yale to get a political science degree. Um, well, I'm also just going to pause here for a second to see if we can get Chris in. Okay. Great. Um, so, again, just to repeat, we want to have people with good qualities of character. We want to have people that are willing to go all in. That means to invest in the programs, to spend the time in the program, to learn the fundamentals, um, to have a positive outlook, a positive attitude, um, and to focus on what is working versus what is not working at first. And let us get you to a place where we start working out what is happening with that other 95% of people that you're working on after we tap into that five or 10% that is working? Because I'm telling you, you can almost fund a campaign with that very small percentage of people and we can teach you how to do that. That's something that we specialize in. That's something that we understand. And so we are looking for people that are willing to come into that into it with that mindset and if you need help with your mindset if you have a scarcity mindset if you are continually um you know not able to um not able to get out of this idea that you know people don't have money people are not willing to donate to me all these other things um we will be able to shift that mindset help you shift that mindset and focus on what is working so Chris asks, Chris, again, for you guys that don't know Chris, Chris is our one of our call time managers. Um, he has a ton of experience, has worked on a ton of different campaigns with nonprofits. Um, some of his specialties include door-to-door -door canvassing, which is something that 
We also teach you after you've done your initial call time and we teach you how to do that initial call time fundraising. Um, we encourage people at that point, once they've raised their first $10,000, $20,000, to reinvest into social media and into canvassing fundraising too. And that's something that Chris is really awesome at, is this canvassing fundraising, but also very, very specialized on call time and teaching people really good call time skills, which is absolutely fundamental if you're running for office. So Chris asks, what's the benefit of taking a grassroots approach instead of taking a large pack or corporate donations? That's a really good question. So these days in 2020, um, one of the the reasons why um, people are were really excited about Bernie Sanders' campaign and um, some of the other grassroots campaigns that we've seen in Congress um, and even below that for lower races is the fact that people are not taking large corporate money anymore. And the reason why people are excited about that is because they feel like, and this is very much true if you ask my personal opinion, and I'm not going to you know, push my personal opinion onto everybody, but I will tell you that their studies have shown this is that that there is a link between people accepting corporate money and them um, be, having to abide to those corporations. So having to um, change the way that they would normally vote in um, in order to please those corporations in order to make those corporations happy. And so having that separation has been really, really important, especially in the last couple years. Now, it also is really great for us because grassroots fundraising in a lot of ways is much, much easier, which is something that we teach you in our programs compared to these large corporate, corporate PACs that people get money from. And we hear this from folks all the time. We have we have um, candidates come to us and say, yeah, but I don't need to fundraise because, you know, in the last couple weeks of my campaign, the unions will donate to me, the big corporations will donate to me, um, you know, X, Y, and Z organization will donate to me and that will be enough. And the answer is, that will not be enough. Um, and also because a lot of the unions are being stretched very thin right now. Um, and so there is no guarantee that you will get... Um, that you will get money from unions, that you will get money from corporations. So you need to be able to build your grassroots donor list early. And so what do I mean by early? I mean that if you're planning to run right now in 2022 and you haven't started fundraising, you're already behind. I'm gonna say that again. If you are planning to run in 2022 and you have not started fundraising, you are behind. And so I really, really want to express that because I also hear candidates come to us frequently and say, well, I'm running in 2022. And so I have a year and, you know, I have even more than that to raise money. I'm, I'll be fine. I'll be able to raise money. In reality, the election is only in less than two years and when you're learning how to fundraise it is absolutely essential that you give yourself at least five months of fundraising before you hit the ground running so what does that mean so that means that you should be spending at least the first two months with us doing that training um, that means that you should be 
completely focused on your call time for the first two months and that you should then lead into having that those extra months to be meeting with bigger donors, to be meeting with organizations that you're going to build relationships with later down the line. Now, why do you want to start that early? Because you do not want to be in the middle of your, your own field program, your get out the vote program. You don't want to be in the middle of debate season and having to worry about raise money, raising money which we see all the time. We see candidates that have to run from having a big debate to going to meet with their volunteers to going back and doing five hours of call time. And that just leads to disaster almost every single time. It is way too difficult to be able to handle all those moving pieces if you're worried about raising money in the last hour of your campaign. It's really just not gonna work. So. When we say that we're looking for qualities of character, we want go-getters because we want people that will listen and that will understand that now is the time to start raising your money, not a year from now. So, um, so Evan asked, so why are we talking about this now if it's too late? If you're running in 2022, it is not too late to start raising money. In fact, this is the time right now that you need to be raising money. This second, you should be calling us within the next few weeks, setting up the appointment, um, starting to learn about what we offer, about why it's important that you need to start fundraising now, about how we can help you. Because as I said, this is the time. You really wanna be completed with your fundraising by around May of next year, completely, if you're running in 2022, because you wanna have that time to just being able to focus on your get out the vote efforts, a lot of you guys that are going to be running in higher level offices, particularly Congress, Senate, races like that, you are going to need a significant amount of time to get to the voters that you need to get to. Um, and so we, this is something that we see frequently a lot too, is that we have people come to us and they say, well, I need to raise money for my get out the vote program, but I need to reach 500,000 people in order to ensure my votes. And unfortunately, that is going to be, again, very, very, very difficult. Not impossible, but very, very, very difficult to do if you have to focus on multiple things at once. So, again, running in 2022, you got to start right now. This is the time. Um, so, just to recap, um, again, on the qualities of character, is that we're looking for people that are go-getters. We're looking for people that are ready to start right now. We are looking for people that are going to focus on the positives. Um, Evan says, I have an appointment with you today. I'm really looking forward to talking with you. That's awesome. We really need people um, that are like you, that are willing to put that work in and get the work going now so that they have the time to focus on what's important later on down the line. And trust me, you're going to be busy. You're going to be very, very busy. Um, and especially if you're doing a get out the vote program like what we're used to doing, where we are 100% data focused on your win number, um, where we do the community research that we need, that we get to the specific communities that we need to get to in order for you to win. Um, you are going to be super busy at that time and you're going to be all hands on deck. So we don't want you to have to worry about money at all during that time. Um, Chris says, it's a mindset, uh, like don't wait till tomorrow to do what you can do today and this stuff. Oh, sorry guys. 
and this stuff can and should be done ASAP. That is really, really true. So again, mindset is so much of what we do. And I will tell you that when I first started fundraising myself, I used to think of mindset as something that was very almost like spiritual. I was like, and I'm not a spiritual person, really. I'll be very honest with you all. I'm an atheist. Um, I, I'm not a very spiritual person. I just don't really sort of relate to that stuff. Um, I'm a data person. I'm very data focused, uh, data, you know, results orientated, um, you know, all that, that sort of is my mindset. So, um, when somebody came to me and, and said, you know, the first fundraiser that I ever worked with that taught me so much said to me, you know, you have a mindset problem. I was like, well, that's, that's spiritual. That's not something I need to worry about it's something you need to worry about. I will tell you that. Um, because I will, I can't tell you how many times we've worked with people that their mindset is literally what is getting them, what is stopping them from making the money. Sometimes we hear a perfect pitch and we hear, um, you know, they, they have the qualities that they need, but the mindset part, them thinking other people don't have money. That's something that we hear a lot. Other people don't have money. And we know for a fact, data shows us that that is just not true. That people are donating in 2020. More people have donated this year than they've ever donated before. And more women are donating now than have ever before, which is insane. 43% of women um, can compared to men are donating whereby before 2020 only about 20 to 25 percent of of, do of donors overall were women so that just shows you that it's almost doubled this year um and as i as i've said before in my lives and i will say again if you are a woman wanting to run for office, this is a great time. Not saying that it, it's bad for uh, for men to be running for office. It's a great time for men to run for office too. Um, and non-binary folks too. We wanna to include those folks too. Um, but if you're a woman running for office, um, it is a really good time because a lot of these women donors are donating specifically to women. Um, and we're seeing this now more than ever. So it is really exciting. So. Who do we want to call us? Um, so the people that we want to call us right now are people that are involved in their community, that have a positive mindset, or if they do not have a positive mindset, are opening to are open to coaching and listening to us to help us improve their mindset and get it to a positive, get you to a positive mindset. We are looking for people that are coachable. It, that, and this is something that's really important. People that are coachable. Um, so what does that mean? We have a lot of candidates that come to us that fall into the category of not coachable. And that just means simply that we teach them a skill, we help them with the skill, but then they continue to repeat the skill that's not giving them results instead of going with the new skill that they've been taught. And so being coachable is something that is really important. We know that our, um, our tactics get results. We've seen it before. It's a formula. It's a science. It's not woo-woo. It's not spiritual. It is fact-based and we know what works. And all that we need our people to do that come to us uh, is to be able to listen to that and to apply it. And even if you have issues applying it, this is one of the most wonderful things about our program is that you get a call time manager. So if you're one of those people that 
you have a lot of trouble, um, like you're, you're coachable, you're willing to listen, you do that work, but then you can't apply it because for whatever reason. Maybe you just are really struggling with the application of it. Maybe you are getting yourselves into situation into call time situations that you feel like it's not applicable, whatever it might be. And that's one of the best things about our program is that you have a call time manager that is with you during the during those times to help you to apply it. Because information, if you don't have somebody there to help you to apply it, is really, really difficult. Um, so again, these qualities of character, if anybody has ever told you in the past that you need a specific degree to be able to run for office, that you need specific experience to be able to run for office, that you need to be a certain color, a certain gender, um, you need to have a certain job title, none of those are accurate and please don't listen to them because you are taking away your own wonderful opportunity. I cannot express enough, I mean, how amazing it would be to see some of the people that are watching this live be able to win a congressional race. And I think it's really, or, or even a state senate race or a city council race. A lot of people think that, you know, if, if we can't win the presidency, there's no point. But what we believe here at Soul Strategies and what we will always believe is that change happens from the bottom up. Thank you, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> change happens from the bottom up. And so if you are going to make significant change, the way to do it is to not just run a campaign where you get your name on the ballot to make a point, but to run a competitive campaign. And to do that, you need to be able to fundraise. And to be able to fundraise, you got to learn how to do it. So this is what we do. This is our specialty. Um, and if you have the qualities of character that we've talked about today, if you are involved in your community, and that can be anything, whether you're a parent, a teacher, a construction worker, whatever you do, work at a restaurant. I mean, seriously, AOC was a bartender. There are plenty of people that have run for office um, just in the past two or three years that have average jobs, that are working in restaurants, that are um, that are working in, in construction jobs. Uh, if you look at uh, Randy Bryce out in Wisconsin, the Iron Stash, um, we have a bunch of people that are really stepping up. And that's because you know, what we really want to see are people that are willing to be public servants. And so what better experience than to have worked in a restaurant? What better experience than have, to have worked in construction? You are doing public service work without even realizing that you're doing it. And so those are the people that we want to encourage to step up. So again, qualities of character. You have a, you are involved in your community. Um, you um, you know, work an average, an average job. You, um, you know, we love activists. If you've been involved at all in the protests, if you have been, um, involved in Black Lives Matter, any type of, um, protests or organizing efforts, those are all fantastic qualities in running for office. Uh, if you are willing to put in the hours, if you're willing to put in the work, super important quality of character. If you are coachable, Chris said community leaders, totally. If you are coachable and if you are willing to invest in yourself, these are really, really important. And again, the positive mindset or you're willing to, to learn the positive mindset because that's going to help you substantially. Um, so 
we have multiple um, episodes this week, which is really exciting. So now that we've talked a little bit about qualities of character, I just want to open it up to questions so that um, if anybody has questions, if you want us to debunk some myths, um, please, we love debunking myths here at Soul Strategies. So um, please let us debunk some myths. Um, anything that you've heard, um, uh, Evan said, investing in myself and the community. That is such an important point that Evan just brought up. So investing in yourself is also investing in your community because the the what what it really comes down to at the end of the day is that we need to have better representation, not just in the halls of Congress. We need to have it at lower level seats too. We need to have it in city council. We need to have it um, st our state reps. Um, we need to have change happen from the bottom up. And that's not gonna happen unless people are willing to invest in themselves for their community. That's the only way that it happens because otherwise it's the blind leading the blind. And that, that as you guys know, never ends well. <laughs> um, so this week, we're, these are some of the things that we're, we're talking about. Because if you are just thinking about running for office, you haven't really solidified plans, but you have this sort of idea, you're like, you know what, I might run in 2022, I might run in 2024. You might be thinking about running next year in 2021. There's quite a few races that are happening next year. And we're not saying that if you're running in 2021, not to reach out to us still reach out to us because there is a possibility we would have to put you on a fast track to be able to raise that money but it is still possible to be able to do that for sure so um let's see some more questions from folks in the comments so um waffle says what are your suggestions for people who have more radical political beliefs such as abolishing the police and land back? That's a great question. So just so that you know Waffles, a lot of our staff is in favor with a lot of those beliefs as well. <laughs> um, many of us are, not all of us, but many of us are um, pretty far left. Um, and uh, what are your suggestions for, for those people? So um, if you have money behind your campaign, regardless of your message, we will be able to help you with your messaging strategies around that. It's something that we have to first study your community and understand um, if those messages are accepted messages in your community, whereby many of many, most of the time they are, especially if you're living in a um, big city. Um, and then after, um, really doing that research and understanding your community and getting your messaging on point, if you have the money behind you to be able to get out that message, 95% of your work is done. So a lot of people think that, well, what if I raise money and then, you know, people don't, don't hear my message. They don't, they don't understand my message or they don't, they don't want to be a part of my message. I will say we, I have personally never seen that before. Um, be, and that's just because most of the time when people are running to the very, very, very far left, it's because, and well, I wouldn't say it's because, I will say one, many people that are running to the very far left don't understand fundraising like incumbents do, don't understand fundraising like um, party insiders do. And for that reason is why they get low percentages um, when it comes to, to voting, not because of their message being radical or anything like that. It's just because they don't have the money to get 
to get their message out there and then the message fails. So there is a way to tweak your messaging if we need to tweak your messaging. Um, but I will say that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ran on abolishing ICE. And yes, it was in New York City, but New York City isn't isn't always as progressive as many people think. And that message was taken to um, extremely well. I mean, people loved that. I remember like, you know, one of all my canvassers that were out for her were like asking for abolish ice buttons because they just thought it was the, and because people at the doors were responding to it because they were excited about it. So um, I don't think that you having a message like abolishing the police or anything like that is something that you need to worry about. Initially, what you do need to worry about is getting the money that you're going to need, which is going to be significantly more money than if you have a centrist, boring message, essentially. So let me know if you have any um, follow-up questions on that. But I always tell progressives, especially far-left progressives, that you are going to need significantly more money to get your message out. Um, Chris asks, on the topic of myth-bunking, can a normal person really raise enough money and talk to enough people? Oh, sorry, I'm having some trouble seeing the rest of this one. Oh, sorry. On the topic of myth bunking, can normal people really raise enough money and talk to enough people to outdo the people also running that are well financed and established in their political journey? Yes, of course. So can normal people really raise enough money? Absolutely, they can. Again, this is a formula. So this isn't some like, you know, woo woo thing. This is a specific formula that we know that works with raising money and any person can learn it. It's just a matter of investing the time, investing in the coaching, investing in getting the help that you need because otherwise we have a lot of people that get really great leads and then they ruin them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to have the conversation. And you know, it's, it's, it's a shame because, you know, we, we get these people, these amazing leads, and then they go ahead and they try to do it on their own and they just, they just don't know how to do it. So, um, don't feel bad on yourself if you don't know how to do it because like everything, this is a skill that needs to be learned. You're not just going to learn it from reading one book or from talking to, um, you know, one random person on the street. You're going to learn it from investing in the coaching, um, investing in the time, and doing it really well. And you absolutely will be able to raise the money. Um, Chris also asked, when you're fundraising and doing outreach well, you're able to change public perspective around an issue too. So true. So one of the things um, that we saw um, during AOC's race was that that was quite quite the fact was that when we were able to get to as many doors as we were able to get to, we were able to change people's perspectives on a lot of things. So field costs a lot of money, as you all know. Um, and the reason it costs a lot of money is because, you know, we want to pay people a living wage and it takes a lot of time to knock on doors and have conversations with people. So imagine if you invest, if you have one candidate that invests $50,000 in a field program how many doors they're gonna be able to knock and how many of those conversations they're gonna be able to have that are actually good and effective conversations. And when I mean that, I mean, how long are they spending at the door? Are they spending two minutes at the door or are they spending 30 minutes? And so if you have 
good fundraising and you're able to fundraise to have an a million dollar field program imagine how many minds you're going to be able to change with that imagine how many people you're going to be able to have a 30 minute 40 minute conversation with and be able to tell them you know it's really important that we abolish police for x y and z reasons and what do you think about this issue what how do you feel about it and really sort of digging in and having that conversation so true chris i totally agree Evan said, I'm in Oregon. It's uh, tumultuous here politically. I'm sure you know. We have serious interests in abolition, as I'm sure you can understand. What's your take on the events in Portland? Hey, Evan, I live in Portland. <laughs> uh, so I definitely know what you mean. Um, sorry, guys. I just got to throw my charger on right here. Um, yes. So I I live in Portland, and I completely understand what you mean. Um so if you're asking our our personal um, take on the events happening in Portland, um, I will say obviously I've been out for Black Lives Matter. I've been out um, protesting myself occasionally. Um, Chris has been very, very involved in the protests. Um, but what I will say is that one of the reasons we chose to do this now as opposed to waiting five years from now to, to be able to offer candidates fundraising services is because we really understand that it's hot right now that people want to see people running for local office now. This is the time. Um, just from what we've seen in Portland alone um, can tell you that, right? Is that people are really, really excited. I mean, look at how people are talking about Ted Wheeler at, at these events. I mean, Ted Wheeler, for those of you guys who are tuning in from other parts of the country, um, Ted Wheeler is our current mayor here in Portland and has done a horrifying job. And Sarah Ayanaron, who we have a lot of friends that are working on that campaign, is doing a great job at challenging. Um, and, you know, we have been able to have um, challenges really at all levels of government this year, but certainly not enough people. Um, and that's really why we want to help folks, because we know that a lot of the candidates that have been running, particularly here in Oregon, but other places around the country, what they're struggling with the most right now is fundraising and that's why their campaigns are not getting off the ground and why incumbents are winning unfortunately um, in a lot of places and so what we do really well here at soul strategies what we've done in new york and in other parts of the country is that we are seat flippers we understand how to flip a seat and we understand that the fundamental of that and where that starts is being able to raise the money that you need to flip that seat because again you're not going to be, we, we are not here to run campaigns on a shoestring budget. We don't like doing that. We don't believe that it works. And so the only way to, um, to not have candidates do that anymore is to teach them how to not do it. And so that's what we do really well. Um, he said, fuck Ted. He said, that's what the, ch <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, people are really, really angry. People are chanting for lack of a better word, fuck Ted Wheeler. Um, and, and people are really taking to that. And that means something guys. I mean, really think about it. If you're thinking about running for office and, um, you think that people are happy right now with the current representation that, that we have in office, you are sorely, sorely mistaken because just from what we're seeing here in Portland alone, and that is, you know, we're, we are in, 
in Portland, of course, and Portland is in, in many ways progressive, but it is still taken over by centrists. All the people that we have in office pretty much at this point, um, I think, you know, Jeff Merkley, we might be able to say um, maybe is not a centrist, but that's still, jury's still kind of out on that. Um, but, you know, most of the people that are in office here are centrists, but our population are not centrists. And so it is not a matter of will people vote for me? People are waiting for you to run for office. They're waiting for you to run so that they can vote for you. Um, uh, Chris says, also if Ted does, as the crowd often asks and resigns, how do we make sure an, an even worse person doesn't take that seat? How can we ensure we seat someone that is in touch with the community? That's a really good question. Yes, yeah, so there has been a lot of asks for not just Ted Wheeler to resign, but for many folks to resign. Um, people out in Louisville, Kentucky too, um, around the Breonna Taylor case, um, people like that. So how do we ensure that we don't get worse people in those seats? Or for people that like you guys that are watching this live and thinking about running for office, that you guys actually do it. And what I mean by that is that you guys literally get into your email right now send us an email and set up an appointment so that we can talk about exactly what you're going to need to do to be able to make this happen because the last thing that we need is as Chris said having somebody worse come into those seats that don't have the qualities of character that are just rich already out the bat we don't need more people like that in office we're not interested in working with people like that we're interested in working with average everyday working class americans and the only way that we're going to make that happen is for everyday average working class americans to step up and do it um so this is your moment um con uh sorry waffle said what are your suggestions uh for getting for out of Oh, sorry. What are your suggestions for getting adequate racial representation? Um, so do you, Waffles, do you mean um, what is our suggestion for encouraging more people of color to run for office? Is that what you're asking? Or um, I guess just could you be a little more specific? That way we can, we can answer that one for you. Um, because... If you're asking um, how do we encourage more um, people of color to run for office, that's something that we're happy to answer. So um, what one of the reasons why we started doing this in the first place is to give more people of color an opportunity to be able to raise that money because we understand that opportunities for people of color um, are less than people like us that are white. And so... Um, having an opportunity like this where it's not just affordable, um, but they are able to um, really get the skill set that they need to be able to run, we think is really important because at, right now, as it stands, there are no fundraising companies that we know of that are affordable for working class people um, or working class people of color in general. And so um, having this opportunity where we can encourage uh, young people, people of color to get out and run is something that we are really interested in. Um, so Waffle says, forgetting white people to actually vote for us. Uh, I myself am light-skinned Mexican native and other issues I would run into is that I will have my um, eth ethnicity or race as a tactic. Yeah, that's a really good question. So one of the things that, you know, and I always bring this back to fundraising because again, 
the more money that you have to get your message out against those racist hits really because let's face it if you're running for office the last couple weeks at least especially if you're a person of color you are going to be attacked you're going to be attacked because they're going to question your education because people in this country are racist um and they're going to attack you for a lot of things and you need to be prepared with the funds with the messaging support to be able to counteract that and make that person look horrible and there are ways that we can do that we've done that before um and we will continue to do that in fact that is our favorite time of campaigning is that time we love the last couple weeks because we can really hone in and perfect your message and also just want to mention that um, if you are Native American if you are Mexican whatever you are um, we we use that can be used as as an asset people want people of color to be running for office right now um i mean it is it's really really essential in every way and there are ways that we can make your messaging on point and we can make it so that you know we will make your opponent look really horrible for making those racist comments. But again, if you don't have money to counteract it, there's really nothing that we can do because those attacks are going to come. And if you don't have money to get that message out, if you don't have money to get out that social media message, if you don't have money to get that mailer out, if you don't have money to get people on the doors and defend you, then it's going to be really, really tough. But we know that you can do it. It's really, if just the fact that you've been on this live this whole time shows that you have the initiative to, to make this happen. So give us a call. We're excited. Um, Evan said, office is only one part of the picture. We need good lawyers too. Absolutely. We need good lawyers. We need good DAs. Um, but um, what we specialize in is running for people that are running for office and people that need to raise money. Um, because that's what we're good at. That's our specialty. Um, if you can outspend people who run those racist narrative, uh, the more you can change public perspective around how voters relate to race. That is also true. You are literally changing the the public perspective when you do this and when you do it well. Um, but you can't, again, you can't do that when you're running on a shoestring budget. It's just impossible. Um, it's, you know, it's... It's a challenge to change public perspective, but when you have the money behind you to be able to do that, it can be done. We've seen it done and we will continue to see it. Are there any other questions before we jump off for the day? Because tomorrow we are going to be discussing another episode of um, why, so let me just double check, I believe, that tomorrow we are going to be talking about if you should run for office. So if you should make this decision right now, which is going to be really exciting. So um, for anybody that's sort of on the fence that's been watching this and you're like, well, I've got the qualities of character. I work hard. Um, I am coachable. I am active in my community. Um, I And I think I can do it. Um, well, then tomorrow's the episode for you because tomorrow, again, we're going to be really sort of digging in and talking about um, why you should be making this decision now or maybe why you shouldn't be as well. So um, we'll be talking about that really in depth tomorrow. 
Um, Waffle says, what kinds of things make it impossible to defend you in a campaign? For example, gang ties in the family. That's a good question. I don't think that many things um, would be impossible to defend. Um, we have people like, you know, if people that are, you know, ex-criminals sometimes make the best candidates. So um, I don't, there has been nothing in my experience so far that has made me say that you are not qualified to run for office. The only thing that maybe would be really hard to defend is if you were running as like a Democrat and you were involved in like the Trump campaign or something like that. That would be tough, not impossible, <laughs> but tough. Um, but no, I don't even think like gang ties would be, um, I think that there's pretty much a way around everything. Messaging is so important. How you message in your campaign is absolutely essential and that's something that we're really really good at is really sort of honing in and um, perfecting your messaging um, a lot of people have got decent messaging but they don't have it to the point where it's really effective and it's really gonna get people votes um, you know as we know today there's a lot of noise on the internet there's a lot of stuff going on and so really being able to break through with that message is something that we can really really help you with um, Evan said, I'm on my way to Portland. Invite me and any of any and all the live chats. Awesome. Um, Chris said, systematic racism and systematic inequality produce results and people often bear the brunt of that. People in the community understand community issues. That's true as well. Um, you know, we we really um, we really believe that people um, particularly in today particularly in 2020 are they want again they want to hear this message they want to have people that are running on the principles that they believe in and the only way that we're going to make that happen is if we get you guys up and running so are there any other questions before we close out because we've definitely gone a little over time Great. I'm not seeing anything else. So if you guys do have any questions that you couldn't get to today, but you really want answered tomorrow, again, we're going to be talking about if you should decide to pull the trigger to run for office and what those next steps look like and all of all of that tomorrow. So tune into episode two. Um, we'll be going live tomorrow, one o'clock, same time. And in the meantime, as always, if you have questions, message our Facebook um, you know, message me personally, message Chris, we're available to help you guys out. So thanks everybody. And again, happy Labor Day. Um, celebrate uh, this awesome day, celebrate labor unions. And I hope that you guys have an awesome rest of your day.